Friends, today we embark upon a new journey. Like our confirmands, we are starting a new season in our life. For Atlanta, August begins the fall. Because kids go back to school, teachers go back to work, and it's going to look differently this year, but we're still kicking off a new season together. And in that vein, we are kicking off a new worship series called Follow the Leader. We'll spend the month learning about spiritual leadership and what God expects of leaders who follow God. You know, I think if you would ask any uh, clergy person, Wayne, any pastor would tell you that leadership is not easy. <laughs> that uh, it's extra difficult in a pandemic because everybody has an idea of how and when one should lead. When is the last time you encountered a new leader? Maybe a new boss, or a new pastor, or a new teacher? It's always an adjustment when new leadership comes our way. And when we encounter new leaders, we have lots of questions, don't you? I hope the first question is, should I follow this person? You know, when I was growing up, my mom, we would come home and do something at school, and my mom or dad would get word of it, and they would say, well, if such and such jumped off a bridge, would you? <laughs> The first thing we do in leadership is to determine whether or not we should follow a person. And at first, we might resist leadership because we don't know them or don't know their brand of leadership or don't know whether, where they're going or how they are leading us. We push back. We resist. And we say the age-old question, that's not how we do it here. And after we resist, some of us panic because we don't know whether or not we like a new leader or we don't know if they like us and we don't know if we will lose our job or our position or our passion because of a new leader. And once we resist and once we panic, we oftentimes question. Are they making the best decisions for me and the people who are important to me? We resist. We panic. We question. And then we have to make a decision about whether we commit to following their leadership or not whether we conform to our way of doing things or be transformed by a new way of doing things. 
So this month, we'll explore those topics, and today we'll focus on resist. You know, the sermon, the sermon series is called Follow the Leader, question mark, exclamation point. It's both a question and a command. We started studying Simon Peter in Sunday school this morning. And Simon Peter had to decide whether to listen to Jesus or to do it his way. When we focus on resistance, we learn that there are two sides of the coin. There is resisting leadership, and then there is the resistance that comes from practicing leadership. So we turn to a familiar story today, to Genesis, the 32nd chapter. Pull out your Bibles, electronic devices. For those of you who are online, um, the the scripture will come up on the screen for you this morning. I'm reading Genesis, the 32nd chapter, beginning in verse 22. Now, this is a familiar story. It's a story that we learn in Sunday school. We learn that Jacob has wrestled with an angel or with God, and Jacob has been on a journey but before we get there, we don't oftentimes tell the whole story. You see, Jacob and Esau were twins, and Jacob was born holding on to the heel of Esau, trying to get out first, to be the leader of the bunch. And in doing so, it would have been very important because the firstborn boy in this time was the one who would inherit everything. Not just the material property, but the blessing of God for their entire lineage. Things didn't get much better as Jacob and Esau grew up together. You see, Jacob had a problem playing second fiddle. He stole over and over and over again. He fought with his brother. He tricked his father. He stole the birthright and the blessing that was Esau's to inherit. And if you skip some more years in front, God says to Jacob, you have to go and reconcile with your brother. You have to go tell him you're sorry. And Jacob, Jacob fears that Esau will kill him, which in those times he would have been very much within his right because Jacob has stolen what was Esau's. So Jacob devises a plan to, you know, to soften Esau's anger. He starts to send gifts. He sends livestock and all of the things that are important to him. He sends them ahead of him so that maybe, just maybe, 
Esau will not be angry enough to kill him. So we pick up in verse 22. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to say that you are indeed our worthy and our holy God. So Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts and our minds and our souls so that we might be transformed for you, O oh God. And take this, your servant, and hide her behind that old rugged cross so that everything that is said and everything that is heard comes straight from you, O oh God. It is in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Can you imagine it? Can you see it? Close your eyes for a minute. Total darkness. No street lights. The sound of the river and the sound of insects is pretty much all you can hear. You've sent everyone ahead of you, even the slaves who usually protect you. And then, out of nowhere, a man starts to wrestle with you. This word wrestle in the original text means 
agony and pain. It means to resist and to, to be attacked. Some scholars think that maybe it was Esau. Other scholars think that maybe it was just a wanderer who gathered near the river and still other scholars think it was an angel. Most of the pictures that I saw of this story when I was a child was Jacob wrestling with an angel. And yet other scholars think that Jacob wrestled God. That God took human form. And that God taught Jacob some things that night. You see, Jacob was used to winning. <laughs> he was used to begging and bartering and stealing so that he could be number one, so that he could be in charge, so that he could be the leader and everybody else was to line up and follow Jacob. But Jacob knew that his leadership could only go so far because he knew that it was inauthentic. That he did not deserve it. That he had not earned it. And that it was not his in the first place. Have you ever encountered um, self-professed leaders who, well, you can go the rest of that way. Jacob had nothing. He was alone, just like he was when he ran away after he stole Esau's birthright. And Jacob resisted his responsibility in the situation. He knew he was wrong, but instead of staying to face the music, he ran off and hid, and he took some wives, and he stayed with his uncle Laban, and he did a whole lot of work until he could not resist anymore. It all caught up with him that night. And Jacob had to make a decision. Was he going to stay in that place? Was he going to continue to be an inauthentic leader? Was he going to be the captain of his own ship all by himself, even though he knew that he needed God? So he wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and wrestled. All the text tells us this far is that he wrestled with a man. Jacob was not one to lose a fight. So he stayed in it all night long. He stayed in it long enough to earn the win. But when day started to come around, 
the man who was wrestling him, the one whose face Jacob could not have seen because of total darkness. And we don't know that there was any other kind of conversation going on, so he wouldn't have recognized the voice. When daybreak came, the man said, let me go. We learn from scholars that this turn of events happens because in Genesis we learn that if we shall see the face of God, we shall not live. It wasn't that the wrestler was losing to Jacob. It was that the wrestler was trying to protect Jacob from himself. How many of us have later learned that leaders we followed were trying to protect us from ourselves? And we resisted and resisted and resisted. We had to have it our way. We had to be number one. We had to win. And man, life could have been so much easier if we had let them protect us from ourselves. High anxiety and low trust produces resistance. What we don't know, what we can't see, what we can't protect ourselves from, causes us to put up barriers to resist and resist and resist and resist so much that we alienate the people who are trying to help us. Some could say that Jacob was the spiritual leader in this text. And others would say that the man with whom he wrestled was the spiritual leader in this text. When the man asked Jacob to let go, Jacob, being one who deceives, that's what his name means. He said, I will not let go unless you bless me. When I was growing up, I learned the text to say, I will not let go until you blessed me. But the original form of the word is unless. I will not let go unless you bless me. Why, why does it matter, Pastor Jasmine? Until is time bound. Time can run out on until, right? Time can take us away and help us forget the things that are important. Time can make it difficult for us to trust each other. Time can make it difficult for us to be led by someone. Time can make things hard. Until is time-bound. 
unless is a condition. The human condition makes us not want to follow spiritual leadership because spiritual leadership is, it's an admission that we are not in charge. It is an admission that as much as we think we have the last word, we never have the last word. It is an admission that we are not in control. It is an admission that there is a leader that is higher than us, that knows better than us, and that will lead us if we can just follow. I will not let go until you bless me would have meant that they would have struggled. Jacob would have struggled. Jacob would have wrestled for forever if he could have. But I will not let go unless you bless me. It turns the power over to the wrestling man. And it makes an admission that Jacob is no longer in charge. When the man saw that he could not, when the, when the man said your name, when the man asked him what is your name, Jacob answered, Jacob, deceiver, supplanter, one who steals, And then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob. You will no longer be one who steals and kills and hurts to be number one. But your name will be Israel. Because you struggled. You resisted. You wrestled with God. And you wrestled with humans. And you made it. You survived. You have overcome. I don't know about you, but this global pandemic has felt like a wrestling match from day one. Never knowing what will work, never knowing what the next day will hold, waiting on pins and needles for the next person to get sick or to die. Question after question after question after question after question, and no certain answer in any sphere that was clear. We wrestled to stay alive. We wrestled to keep our families alive. We wrestled to keep our jobs. We wrestled to keep the economy moving and open. We wrestled to make sure our community was fed. We wrestled to make sure our church was taken care of. We wrestled, we wrestled, we wrestled. We never rested.
And we resisted the still small voice of God saying, trust me. I've got this. You don't have to have all the answers. I'll never be the same once this pandemic is over. And I bet you won't either. Maybe it'll feel like you wrestled with God for all these months. And maybe, just maybe, we'll find a way to stop resisting God. And to live into our new location, our new name, and our new life. Jacob asks, tell me your name. Like we ask, what's going to happen tomorrow? Like we ask, what's the rest of the story? And the man replied, why are you asking me all these questions? And right there in the, in, in the uncertainty, right there in the unprecedented act, right there in the middle of nowhere, just as the sun was getting ready to rise, right there, he blessed Jacob. And just like we do with our Facebook posts and our Twitter posts and our pictures and our calendars, Jacob put a marker there. He never wanted to forget. He put a marker there and he named it Peniel, which means I saw God face to face and I lived. The sun rose. The man was gone. And Jacob was never the same. Mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, he was never the same. And everybody knew it. Because from then on, he walked with a limp. Because the man touched the socket of Jacob's hip and wrenched it as they wrestled. So, we don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what the next five minutes will bring. We don't know where we will be a year from now. 
We don't know if we'll still be wearing masks and face shields and finally learning to wash our hands and covering our mouths. We don't know if we're working from home and working from school forever and ever and ever. Amen. But here is what we do know. We can resist the leadership of God in our lives. Or we can trust God to keep God's word, to never leave us nor forsake us, to carry us through every step of the way. Jacob said, I will not let go unless you bless me. So what blessing do you need? And are you willing to struggle for it? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.